Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning following a relatively steady session on Wall Street overnight. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. How are you doing today? Good, and it's great to hear your voice. Let's start this morning with corporate news and a recurring segment that we call the Elon Musk Files, the world's second richest man behind LVMH's, um, that's Bernard Arnault, is making news again for all the wrong reasons. Tesla's share price has dropped to its lowest level in a month as a result. So there are two stories here. The first one is kind of bizarre, and maybe that shouldn't surprise us. To Elon Musk's credit, he has apologized. All right, let's get into the story. Musk insulted a Twitter employee online in a series of tweets. The employee, an Icelandic entrepreneur, Heralda Thorleifsson, has muscular dystrophy. Now, the incident stated that when Thorleifsson tweeted that he had been locked out of his work computer, uh, but it was unclear if he had been fired by Twitter or not. So what exactly happened here, Ryan? Yeah, Michelle, as you might imagine, being locked out of your computer, you'd be probably be confused. What's going on? And then you try yeah. to reach out to your company. Hey, what is going on? And nobody replies to you. And you are left with no choice but to try to reach out to someone. And someone, in this case, is your boss. And he turns out to be Elon Musk. And you can only reach him on Twitter. So that's what's <laughs> happened. It's a public discussion of sorts, almost an open letter, where he reached out to Elon Musk and just wrote a tweet and asking people to retweet it to the point where maybe Elon Musk might read it. And guess what? It happened. So he complained effectively about how he was as what we offline, been fired or not, did not get any clarity. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Elon Musk replied to him and then asked him, hey, what's going on? And mm-hmm. there's this back and forth going on. So you've got on one side, the Icelandic entrepreneur saying, hey, uh, this is what happened. I was locked out of my computer, um, but I was essentially contributing to the company quite a bit. And then Elon Musk seemed to be quite sceptical about his contributions and seemed to be quite adversarial and just questioned everything that was coming forth from him, uh, whether he was actually doing any work in in one case. So that oh, was no. the gist of it. So mm. it was a lot of negative um, doubt and vibes just around Elon Musk being cast on this Icelandic employee. Um, and then it turns out that he's got disabilities and Elon Musk also tried to downplay that part uh, saying hey if you're disabled to the point where you can't really type which is what the entrepreneur said how Mm -hmm. are you cooking up such a firestorm on Twitter tweeting so much so he was just throwing things in the air questioning effectively the credibility and also the uh, authenticity of um, the tweets that are coming forth end of the day he decided yeah. to reach out to do a phone call with this guy mm. and he managed to sort it out. So, end of the line, he says uh, he managed to figure out what was a true story and his initial reactions was based on stuff that was told to him by third parties, which may or may not have been correct, not fully correct at least. So, he managed to get more clarity and I think they've somehow reached a compromise that you've got him possibly coming back to Twitter or at least considering to do so. And Elon Musk now saying sorry. So it's, I guess, a happy ending. 
You see, the moral of the story here is use your phone for what it was used, uh, made to do initially. Pick it up and call someone. It clears things up so quickly and drastically, right? I mean, if you look back, Musk has cut the size of Twitter staff from about 7,500 employees to 2,000. So clearly not good if an employee has to ask their boss via Twitter whether they're still employed. And, um, you know, if you look at the ins and outs of, of this case, what do you make of this story? It's quite bizarre, as you pointed out. I don't think any other company would go through such a <laughs> dramatic episode of employees not even re- understanding if they've been fired. Well, I am going to put it down to yet another day, Elon Musk. And he will probably not care about it tomorrow. So he is yeah. probably going to focus on other things that are on his plate, which is a lot. Uh, and of course, I think investors will have a short memory and move on to the next big thing that Elon Musk is going to proclaim. Well, this is not just any employee on the line here. Tholibson, the man at the heart of the story, was named Iceland's Person of the Year last year. And he sold his company to Twitter. But rather than taking a bulk payout, he accepted a salary instead. So that's why this is a little bit convoluted. Um, All right, our other Elon Musk story today has to do with Tesla, and it is under investigation for a pretty scary reason. You heard me mention it in the news a while ago. There have been a couple of cases where the car's steering wheel has fallen off. What is going on here? Yeah, things are already falling apart for Elon Musk. And you've got now Tesla steering wheels dropping off. It all comes down to what seems to be Missing parts. So a bolt that is supposed to hold on to the steering wheel does not seem to be there. And this is uh, now going to ask a lot of, um, raise a lot of questions. How many other cars are affected? How many other models? This is now affecting certain new Model Y vehicles. And you just have to imagine the nightmare that might come about if you're driving and your wheel falls off. What could happen, right? I guess maybe it's a new feature that Elon Musk didn't... Um, <laughs> prepare the public for like a security feature where you can take out the steering wheel so no one can steal it when it's parked. I guess the idea was the cars would drive themselves so maybe they didn't pay enough attention to bolting down a steering wheel in a car but I you know that is a horrifying catastrophic what if. So oh from one corporate disaster let's move to another all right Ryan. Um Corporate officials at Adidas must be feeling like they're in the eye of the storm. They're sitting on more than one billion US dollars worth of Yeezy merchandise left over from their failed partnership with Ye, the musician formerly known as Kanye West, and they have no idea what to do with all this merchandise. So over a billion dollars is a lot of shoes, Ryan. What is Adidas going to do with this all? Yeah, Michelle, nothing easy about this. It is (laughs) a very tough pickle that Adidas is in. So they went into this partnership with the best intentions, thinking this would be one of the best partnerships of all time, maybe. Making so many shoes with Kanye West. Now things have fallen apart. They've terminated their partnership. Uh, And this is now left with Adidas holding on to a lot of stock, a lot of shoes, a lot of clothes with the label that they can't use anymore. So what can you do with so much stock? That is the big question. So it's going to be interesting to see how they could reuse it, resell it, repurpose it. But they definitely will be having to mark down a loss. And it's a big time loss of $1.3 billion of unsold goods. $1.3 billion. Wow. 
That's huge. So some people might be laughing about this. For others, you know, especially those within Adidas, this is pretty serious. How is this $1.3 billion going to affect its bottom line? Yeah, it's got to come from somewhere. So someone has to pay for this, or at least fill up the hole. And that hole is being filled up with what might have gone into dividends. So it has to cut uh-huh. back on dividends because profits will be lower. So it is saying it is likely to lower Adidas operating profit by an additional 500 million euros this year. And also along with other stuff, it will have to pay for other operations all in. Adidas could be looking at a uh, an operating loss of 700 million euros this year. And this is um, something they will have to figure out um, how much to well write off. If you look at dividends, we are looking mm. at 70 euro cents down from... 3 euros and 30 cents. So that is already the writing on the wall. They will have to swallow up this problem uh, in the near term. Shares of Adidas have been rallying of late. They are up 25% over the past three months, but the stock is still down 30% over the past year. Let's turn to US markets now, where Wall Street has steadied itself a day after a steep tumble. The tech-heavy Nasdaq rallied 0.4% overnight. The S&P 500 also finished in positive territory, while the Dow closed marginally lower. Investors still processing possible changes to the Fed's interest rate strategy. Now, the latest is that Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says no decision has been made yet as to whether the Fed will hike rates by a quarter point or half a point at its next meeting. So, Ryan, stock markets have steadied, but if we take a look at bond prices, they're still flashing a red warning. What are the bond markets telling us? Yeah, so the typical warning that would be preempting a recession is when you have the spread or rather an inversion of the yield curve. Now it's even inverting even more than before to the point where we are now in triple digits. So this is the prospects of what's being priced in into interest rate expectations. Now we are looking at an inversion of minus um, 109 basis points. And this is the first time since 1981 and more than 40 years ago. And that was something uh, that was under then Fetcher Paul Volcker. So it's back Mm -hmm. in an era of really high inflation back then when we had a really tough time. This was really tough for many economies and businesses. So now it's back to that time again, uh, triple, triple digit basis point inversion and... It is all around what Fetcher Jerome Powell has been saying in the past two days. Pretty much the same tune, actually, what he's been saying for a long time. Can't rule anything out. Inflation is still quite sticky. We have to wait for the data. And this is now seeing inflation data in recent days still quite elevated. And based on that somewhat hawkish rhetoric where he has not ruled out a higher rate hike, people are starting to pencil in 50 basis points as the next move, which is now seen on the CME Group Watch tool 75% of traders looking at 75, uh, 50 basis points. And that will be a pickup in pace from the past meeting of 25 basis points. So that kind of reflects what people perceive as urgency to address some of the recent data. And overnight, we got some strong jobs data from the ADP private payrolls uh, and also um, on other fronts as well. That leads into this Friday's non-farm payrolls, which is going to be another, I think, market moving uh, data point. 
Now, while the Fed plans to keep hiking rates, it looks like down under Australia's central bank is set to take a pause because it is worried about the risk of recession. Now, what do you think this could mean for the Aussie dollar? Could we see it weaken against the greenback? Yeah, generally, if you've got rate hikes going up, it does support a stronger currency. So you've got a bit of a divergence here. The Fed's still going on to rate hike or hike rates. And the Reserve Bank of Australia starting to think about stepping on the bricks, maybe a pause. And they are more mindful right now of a recession um, being too tough to handle versus the Fed, which wants a recession to some degree. So you've got that playing out. And right now, looking at the initial reactions, you've got the Australian dollar after the announcement from its governor, uh, the RBA governor, that it is likely to pause. That is now at its lowest levels for Aussie dollar in nearly four months. So a bit of a reflection of how things might play out in the next few quarters. Great recap. All right, let's uh, move to up or down, Ryan, and let's start off with Cathay Pacific, Hong Kong's flag carrier. I am going with down for Cathay Pacific. And this is with Cathay posting a wider loss last year, $834 million. And this was partly because of what's been playing out in Hong Kong in the past year. Those tighter COVID-19 restrictions only just recently lifted. Perhaps brighter mm-hmm. days ahead, but for now, earnings not so super. Okay. Um, yeah, it's one of those days where we look at the numbers a little differently. I'm looking at its first operating profit for Catholic Pacific since prior to COVID. So I think that's an up, moving in the right direction, shall we say, Mm. though it will still likely take some time before it can soar again. Let's look at Uber. All right, Uber. I'm going for an up for this because it is Mm. looking to streamline operations by spinning off its freight logistics division. So focusing on food delivery and ride services. So I think that could help it to avoid unnecessary distractions and make it more focused. Yeah, I agree. I think that spitting off its freights logistics division, while this may not take place until next year, it should still be an up for Uber. Let's look at Microsoft. All right, Microsoft is going to be an up for me. And I'm looking at Microsoft 365, the office suite, soon to have an accessibility assistant. So this will give content creators ways and suggestions on how to just make it more inclusive when they want to present content, how they can reach a wider audience, some of them who might not be able to access content the usual way. So I'm going mm-hmm. with an up for this. I'll join you there. Microsoft trying to fend off antitrust regulators in the UK. And so it also says it will license Call of Duty to Sony for 10 years to address concerns about the purchase of the games maker Activision Blizzard. So that should be an up for Microsoft. All right, the service that I could not imagine living without, Spotify. Okay, I am going with up for Spotify. So it's a bit of a makeover of sorts. So I'm looking at Spotify's redesign. So it's trying to be more visual in some sense. So a bit more Instagram, a bit more YouTube. So you can imagine what you might see on your app. Maybe music videos, more visuals, more images. Right now, it's not as visual as some might hope it to be. And that speaks, I think, to the current generation in terms of how they consume stuff. They want to see stuff when they are hearing stuff. And I think it would make it a more immersive experience and maybe more monetizable as well. 
Yeah, I agree with you. It's a big shift for the company, introducing new tools for both artists and songwriters uh, with the emphasis on video formats. So a big shift for the world's biggest audio streaming service. But with the world, you know, moving in that direction of favoring the visual, I'm going to give this an up. Let's look at Apple. Apple is going to be an up for me. So I am Mm -hmm. looking at Apple shaking up its operations by possibly making India its own region. So if you're familiar with how corporates normally cover up Asia, typically China stands by itself as a huge market. Now it looks like it's time for India to shine, at least in Apple's world. So this is now seeing Apple reshuffling management of its international business, and this reflects how it is going to be putting a bigger focus on India. So this will come with more stores possibly, and more resources being pumped into that market. Indeed. So Apple shaking up its international operations essentially by upgrading India to be its own region. And previously, India was lumped in with the Middle East, Mediterranean, East Europe and Africa. So this singling out of India really shows the increasing importance of India to Apple's international sales. So that's going to be an up for both Apple and India in my book. Our last entry today is a local one, Cycle and Carriage. All right, second carriage is going to be an up for me and it is possibly driving up sales with its new tie-up with Chinese EV brand Aura. It is bringing it to Singapore. So more options for those looking for EVs. Indeed. Aura, in case you're wondering, is a Chinese brand listener. It's manufactured by Great Wall Motors. The first car to come in will be the Aura Good Cat, which is designed by a former Porsche designer. It's an interesting addition to Cycling Carriages line. So Aura, electric cars for sale here in Singapore. Thanks to Cycling Carriage, I'm going to give this an up. All right, before I let you go, Ryan, we're going to talk about food because I always have food on my mind. And people who know me love that. I I just adore eggs. I could live on rice Uh and eggs alone. Uh, But apparently there's eggflation happening in Japan, right? There's an egg shortage. Things are just flying off. You can't get apparently some mayonnaise because there's not enough eggs in Japan. Yeah, what will you do without mayonnaise in Japan? It's such a staple item almost. You could find it in almost everything in the store. Think about it. Oh, my goodness. People there must be tearing their hair out. Um, And also, apparently, there's cookie inflation, at least of the Girl Scout variety. In the U.S., there's a new flavor called Raspberry Rally. And it's in such high demand that people are pretty much sculpting the cookies and they're selling those boxes at five times the price online. They used to go from five to seven bucks and now 35 bucks upwards. Uh, What is this world coming to? Cookie inflation. Yeah, of course, um, the guys or the girls behind it are not too happy about it being sold in third-party platforms because it deprives them of the revenue they would otherwise be making. And this is something they normally use for going to good causes. Oh, I think it's just great. I knew I should have signed up to be a Girl Scout. The whole idea behind this is to teach the girls marketing and sales skills. So um, I guess, you know, they're going to have to deal with uh, unscrupulous third-party platforms as well. It's all part of learning the business world, the ins and outs of it. Interesting story there. I can't wait to try a Raspberry Rally myself. Um, how how much would you pay for a single box, Ryan? <laughs> I'm gonna look at a few dollars but i guess that's how the cookie crumbles for the business world 
<laughs> Nicely put. He's right along. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.